crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Make it eight. The Brewers on fire here at the end of August and full steam ahead down I-94 to Wrigley Field. Man, oh man. This is going to be a lot of fun Monday through Wednesday against the Cubs, but we're here to talk about today's game first and foremost a 10-6 to victory over the Padres. They sweep San Diego. They've won eight in a row. What a ride. What a ride. I'm Dom Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. 855-616-1620 is the call text line. 855-616-1620. Jeff, I, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just that... It feels like the same formula yet again. A one big inning carries them. They get enough bullpen to get the job done. Bryce Wilson, we'll talk plenty about him. But, man, this is looking a whole lot like April right now. That's exactly right. I mean, just the, the collective at bats and just the, the no-chase rule, right? I mean, just make the guys stay in the box. And uh, Michael Walker just was missing with those pitches, and the Brewers were just stingy with their bats. And I've always said it, you know, batting is like climbing a ladder, and those guys are all going up there with productive and almost a selfless approach at the plate. The Brewers had nine walks today, only seven strikeouts as an entire offense. They also clocked three doubles. Contreras hit a home run to get things going in the bottom of the first inning. And you know what? That's where it begins for me, Jeff, is the fact that this offense gives up a run on a ground out, almost was an epic double play, but a run scores in the top of the first against Adrian Hauser. And I know the second inning wasn't great against Hauser, but the fact in the bottom of the first inning, William Contreras managed to punch right back. And, you know, we talk about the psychological effect of avoiding the shutdown inning. I thought that was a perfect example of it. No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it was just one of those ones where, uh, where Wilson came in. I mean, just, just it was, it was a good, good baseball game, and it was a good team win. And just a lot of, lot of players playing really good uh, high-level baseball. And, and just, I mean, I'm looking down that lineup right now, and other than Bryce Strang, every guy contributing. Rowdy Telez obviously is is better, and, and he's got to be feeling better about making a contribution to the team down the stretch here. I was a little surprised to see Rowdy out of the starting lineup today, but I imagine he'll get in there tomorrow against the Rowdy and Jamison Tyone. But for Rowdy, who's historically not that great of a pinch hitter, the numbers certainly reflect that. Uh, this year, he'd only been one for nine as a pinch hitter. Last year, he was just uh, one for 12. So the fact that he rips that double, working the count well, and, and making it hurt, tying the game at the time, and <laughs> what a day at the office, right? Rip a double and then head on in because they brought in Joey Weimer to pinch a run. Well, if there's any example of today how the Brewers are built and what Craig Council feels about defense, you know, Yelich obviously probably wanted to get a half day, right? Night game, day game. So that fills the DH spot. And then putting Santana out there at first base uh, just shows you what they think of Santana and his defense. Nothing to knock on Telez's defense. But um, like I said, you know, I mean, everyone has a role. And then and Weimer goes out there and plays center field. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are really brewing for the for the Brewers and a lot of good things. This has been a lineup that has always been about the sum of its parts. I mean, no one had more than two hits today, but that also, you know, when you throw in the walks in there as well, Contreras reached base three times, Santana reached base three times. I mean, shoot, Carlos Santana playing through a sprained ankle from the the first inning, and he stays in the game, and it's no big deal. Or in the third inning, I should say. You could definitely see it start to stiff on him throughout the game, but... Man, that's some that's some stones right there, and putting it out there for his brand new team, saying, "Oh, I got this. Don't worry. I'm going to go ahead and, and stick it through." And despite rolling my ankle, yeah, it's great. I mean, Santana's one of those guys. No matter what what he's doing during the season, I'm, I'm, I watched him last year with the Mariners, and uh, and he's just one of those guys. You put him in a pennant race. He's been there a long time. And he shows a lot of leadership. Uh, and then Canna had he had three hits, and they took one away, but. You know, it's nice to see that the, really the two guys they picked up at the deadline are making instrumental um, moves for the Brewers. The Brewers right now have maybe one of the best trades of the offseason with William Contreras arriving, and they only gave up 
Este Uri Ruiz, and they got three pieces back, which I, I still don't understand the math on that, but, hey, it worked out. The Brewers aren't going to ask any more questions now because William Contreras, let me just read you what he's done. I mean, just the sum of his parts, he's been playing great defense, by the way, too, which was always the knock on him, but a 278 batting average as a catcher, a 355 on base, a 459 slug, an 814 up. He's got 14th homer. He's got 31 doubles. 31, and he's a catcher. And the Brewers gave up one fourth outfielder to get him. This is this is going to go down as one of the top three trades all time in Brewers history. I mean, we all know CeCe Spathia is going to be number one, but man, this dude has continued to be as advertised. Yeah, you're exactly right. And not only that, he just he has some leadership behind there. You gotta remember, I mean, Everett, there's eight guys looking at him at all times, uh, and even when he's not maybe having a great offensive game, he brings the energy back there. You know, if there's pitches that aren't being called, he's not afraid to, to give the umpire a little bit of talk. So he, he's an athletic. I mean, those are guys are hard to find as dynamic, athletic catchers. So that's off of the burst. I do want to get just one little critique out of the way before we move on and talk about a lot of the fun today. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 if you want to join in, call in, text in. Uh, we've talked about this a couple of times, Jeff, but the Brewers you know, doing this virtually without Christian Yelich. He did not have a hit in the entire series. Uh, here in the month of August, he's fallen to a two thirty nine batting average in just a six forty five OPS. He has not hit a home run in August after hitting seven in July. He insists he's healthy. He's certainly not going to show his hand if his back is flaring up on him. To me, was the first game I thought that it really looked like he was uncomfortable, especially running a little bit today. But uh, I know that Christian Yelich ain't going anywhere in the starting lineup, nor should he. But uh, I think it's an encouraging sign that they're able to still produce without Yelly. And, you know, maybe it's just going to be as simple as the psyche of turning the calendar to September and, and Yelich can put it behind him and move on. Take me into the, the hitter's approach of knowing you're having an awful month and trying to move on in the final home stretch here. Well, the guys don't really know if they're having an awful month. They usually go in quadrants of series, 10 at-bats, maybe last 20 at-bats. But um, as far as, like, looking at stats in depth for as far as their month go, we really never did that. You know, usually take it just in 10 at-bat intervals. And uh, obviously, if you're in a 2-for-30 slump, you probably know that one, too. But for me, you know, Yelich is one of those guys, and if his back is flaring up a little bit and needs to take a day or two, you know, there is more depth on this roster that gives Craig Council a little flexibility and maybe having Yelich sit for a couple games. And the Brewers again. We're, we're not trying to hit the hit the alarm here. They just they've won eight games in a row, and it's been virtually without Christian Yelich. So imagine if he gets going again, what the Brewers could look like down the stretch. We're going to look at some of the numbers from April a little bit later as well. Also, we got to talk about Bryce Wilson in the next segment. But right now, it's a quick breather. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all season long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. And they've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank. National Association, member FDIC. More to come with Jeff after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back, Dom Catronio and Jeff Cirillo on the program, 855-616-1620. The uh, Yelich conversation was sparked from a text from Austin out in Poinette, Wisconsin. Aaron in Illinois. Wow, just wow. That's five straight series with the Brewers involved with sweeps. Of course, one of those was a loss to the Dodgers. Co-players of the game for Hobie and Bryce. Uh, the difference-making moment had to be when Hobie took the mound. Now take game one against the Cubs. He can still leave town with a three-game lead and three less games. Obviously, you would want more, though. Appreciate the text there, Aaron. Jeff, I just want to go through quickly as we wrap up the thoughts on the offense right now, the Brewers just comparing their numbers from April to now and what they've been able to do. I mean, I, they had a 7-12 team OPS in April. Then it was below 670 for the next two months, both May and June. But then in July, they woke up. They had a 731 OPS, their best month of the year, and now they're approaching a 250 batting average for the second consecutive month, which would be eight points above league average. 
This is the team that we thought that they were going to be. A home run here and there, sustainable offense, getting hits, and guys that are just putting the ball in play. And it's just it's not sexy to talk about. It doesn't get you on Sports Center, but it's cliched and it's simple that you put the ball in play and good things happen. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about those early games in April, especially against the Mariners and the Padres, and you were looking at those stat lines, and obviously, you know, Mitchell was in the lineup as well, but you were looking at it, and, and it was a 50-50, you know, 110 to 100 type of walk-to-strikeout ratio where they might have had a couple more strikeouts, and now you're seeing you're going to win a ton of games when you have nine walks and only seven strikeouts. If that number can be, you know, monitored, um, you know, you're going to have success, and, and it just gives them a lot of flexibility to move the runners and do a lot of things that we were seeing in April. We're seeing it seeing it um, being eclipsed now, and they have all their pitching back. So let's talk about the pitching today, right? They win a game that they didn't need Devin Williams, Yoel Payams, or Elvis Peguero. Now, of course, they would have liked a better effort out of Abner Uribe today, but to me, I mean, what a day for Bryce Wilson coming up clutch when the team needed it most because he enters the game after just two innings from Adrian Hauser, who exited the game due to a minor right forearm tightness. Now, Craig Council said after the game, it's probably going to end up missing one start for him, but they don't think it'll be longer than that. But for Bryce Wilson to come in essentially in a fire drill and throw four shutout innings, he told Lane Grindle after the game, he only had about 11 pitches in the bullpen, and he came out and he was good to go and facing the meat of the Padres' order. Four shutdown innings for them. He's the reason why the Brewers had a chance to win this game. Absolutely. And you look at you look at holes in teams, and the Brewers, obviously the depth of their bullpen is, is amazing, right? I mean, this guy, you know, usually you get that long reliever, and then it's usually a guy that's on the shuttle to, to Nashville, right? He's a guy that comes up. You know, maybe we're, we're losing the game. You know, maybe you can hold the, hold the fort down. Maybe we get a chance to come back in this one. But this guy, you know, he throws four innings and just gives him a chance to get back. And there was no doubt that you felt that the Brewers were going to come back in this one. And when you're running a seven, eight game winning streak, you feel like no lead is insurmountable. And it was down four to two for the majority of the first portion of the game. And you thought even when the bases loaded situation in the third failed with the bad slide from Sal Freelich on the interference uh, and then the run being taken off the board, and they only get one run with the bases loaded and nobody out, but then they exploded for seven runs in the sixth. All of that was because Bryce Wilson made sure another run didn't play against him for the Padres. I mean, no one scored other than Abner Uribe forgetting to throw how to throw a strike. That's it. Everyone else threw zeros on the board. And that's how dominant the pitching was after Adrian Hauser exited this game. And Bryce Wilson, again, talking about the stuff that doesn't make headlines, that nobody really keeps track of this kind of things unless you're following the team on a daily basis. But yet another savvy move. Is it supposed to be a Cy Young candidate? No, of course not. Is he supposed to be Pitcher of the Month candidate? No, but that kind of a role wins games and keeps teams in it. This dude pitched in an NLCS game a couple of years ago in the Braves championship run uh, back in or, uh, sorry in the uh, in the runs for the uh, Braves as their way on their way through the playoffs in 2021, and then he was traded to Pittsburgh. Uh, later that year, and he pitched in the 2020 playoffs as well. But Bryce Wilson had a 5.52 ERA in 115 innings last season. This year, he's cut that in half. It's 2.95 in 64 innings. He's only walked 16 batters as well. It sounds like a pretty simple formula. You don't allow free passes, and you have decent enough stuff that you're not afraid of putting the ball in play behind you, and you have a great defense behind you. There's going to be a lot more success for you. Uh, right, this guy is, will go down as one of the unsung heroes of this season, just based on the fact that he's taken the ball not only in short relief, long relief, any role he's been asked to put in, even mop-up duty, right? There's been a few games where he's kind of had to take it for the for the team, and that's where his runs, I mean, but if you really break him down, you take away a couple, two, three of his, his appearances, this guy has been lights out, uh, and just another find by Chris Hook and Arnold and, and Council, and just, you know, if I'm a pitcher and I had a – Four years, struggled year the year before, you know, I'd be looking to call the Brewers in the offseason. Oh, oh, by the way, I know we don't really talk about win-loss records anymore, but he's 6-0, and and every single win he has earned, it's not just Vulture. He's also got three uh, multi-inning saves, is like those three-inning variety saves, so what an unsung hero. But uh, also another unsung hero, Hobie Milner. I mean, it's 
what he's doing looks routine, and it's not routine. Another jam. You know, two men on and nobody out, the meat of the Padres order. And and quite frankly, and I mean this with absolute respect to the great careers that those guys have had on the other side, right? When Hobie Milner comes in there to face Juan Soto, pop out. Manny Machado, pop out. Xander Bogarts, ground out. They look like they had never seen Hobie Milner before. And they have, and they, they just were completely fooled by him. And Hobie Milner, I don't think his blood pressure even went up by one beat per minute. The dude is nails. We take it for granted. Another pair of inherited runners stranded. And again, not everybody needs to throw 100 to get guys out. No, and he's and, and to give us a variety out of the bullpen, right? And Holy Miller's down there, and you look at him. And, and in, in years past, a guy like that, he might not even get an opportunity to face right-handers, right? I mean, in today's game, he's got to face three hitters. And the situation, I mean, he Council is definitely in a pickle there based on the fact of what Arebe was doing. So he goes to Miller because he's the next guy up. So, I mean, but, but it, it's weird because you would think, well, I'm never going to have my left-handed sidearm or face right-hand hitters, let alone them being, you know, Machado and Bogarts. But, again, I mean, these guys, they're comfortable down there. They all feed off each other in that bullpen. Uh, it's a scary, scary bullpen. I mean, in 2021, righties hit 361 off of Hobie Milner. He gave up eight homers to them. Now here in 2023, they're hitting 110 points less at 253, and he has continued to shine. He has continued to be the guy that the Brewers look to when they need to get a jam, get an out or two, and there's a lefty involved. But great, you said it best. He can get righties out, and he's been getting righties out. And you have to know that when you're a lefty specialist that the other team is going to counter bringing in a righty more often than not. But in that window of the lineup, there weren't going to be any pinch hitters, and you were signing up to face those two strong righties in Machado and uh, Bogarts to get out of it. And a text that came in here, 855-616-1620. Love that Manny Machado will never be forgiven for intentionally stepping on Jesus Aguilar's foot. Love that Brewers fans will never forget. And Machado heard all the boos. I don't think he really matters about it, but quite frankly, the, the point is, he's a dangerous hitter. The Brewers held him, Tatis, mostly in check. I mean, Soto hit a home run yesterday and got a couple of knocks, but he struck out a few times too. That was the focal point of this lineup, and the Brewers should be very proud of how they kept them in check. Yeah, I just think that it, it was a great time to face the Padres, and you think, oh, the vaunted Padres are coming to town, and it's one of those series that you build up. But they kind of are who they show, showed themselves to be, right? Uh, and Machado beating up the dugout after the one at bat. This is probably bittersweet. I mean, it's very sweet probably for a Brewers fan watching all that unfold. The Brewers get the win. It's now eight consecutive victories. Our player of the game poll on Twitter has closed, and it went overwhelmingly to Bryce Wilson today, 76% of the vote. A few write-ins saying co-players of the game, Hobie and Bryce both deserve it. This thing could have gone sideways in either the third or the seventh inning. Fantastic job, and uh, Trevor McGill was very good. As well, no doubt, Wilson, that lineup is legit. Don't understand what happened in San Diego this year. That from Ryan. Uh, Trevor McGill was awesome. And uh, finally, sometimes you just got to go with straight statistics. Bryce had the stats, but Hobie was so clutch with what he did. The player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. Your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Take a quick breather. Come back with our difference-making moment, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. The Cubbies are lurking. We'll talk about them next on WTMJ. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. As we move along with the program, I'm Dom Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is still with us. Want to hop on the phone lines real quick, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Andrew in Janesville, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, I wanted to bring up a topic because I thought it was kind of timely with Ben Sheets being uh, inducted to the Walk of Fame. And I, I, I have nothing against Ben Sheets. I mean, he was a, he was a very good pitcher, but I think with – his induction, it raises the question for a couple other Brewer pitchers who aren't in that, particularly Mike Caldwell and Jim Slayton. Um, both, both had very solid careers. 
Mike Caldwell was uh, instrumental on the 82 Brewer team. Um, he won both the games for them um, in that 82 series. I think in 1978, he was second place Cy Young. Um, just solid career. Uh, second place all-time in Brewer wins. But, um, yeah, I just think he's overlooked. And maybe that's just because, I don't know, if people don't don't feel like uh, they could give away a bobblehead for him or, or what. <laughs> no, it's, I think Caldwell was a hell of a player, absolutely. And appreciate the call and bringing it up. And I do want to make it clear, I'm not on the voting committee. It is historic members of the baseball media here in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, a lot of old friends, a lot of uh, former media members and coaches and staff and things and front office executives that vote on this. They don't vote on it every year and they don't even admit somebody every year. But uh, I could see Mike Caldwell getting in there one day. Uh, and especially you mentioned at 82, he was so instrumental there uh, the postseason. But I don't have a vote. And I think the whole point with the walk of fame is to be the no doubt. Yes, you're the best of the best, not just the hall, the walk of very good. Uh, Caldwell had a hell of a career, but I appreciate the call there, Andrew, and uh, maybe you'll be the, the campaign manager for Mike Caldwell here in the future. But let's get to our difference-making moment here now, Jeff. Uh, it's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. A 10-6 game with a 7-run inning, but there's a few plays I thought that stuck out to me. What do you have today? Uh, i, I got to imagine it's, it's uh, when Wilson took the ball. I mean, just knowing that situation, uh, long reliever, you know, you're down in the game, and it's just one of those ones that, Four innings, and you know the bullpen was a little bit down today, so I'm just going to just shower Wilson all day. Yeah, I love what Bryce Wilson did. It's not a you know surprise to see that he earns the win, and he was the MVP of this game to say at least. I'm going to go with a managerial decision, but by the opposing manager, Bob Melvin. Uh, the Brewers starting to form that rally with the score 4-2 to two at the time in the sixth inning. Uh, they get the first guy is retired, Willie Adamas. Then Canna manages a single into left field, right? Terang draws a walk, and it chases uh, the starter, Michael Walker, from the game. He did not want to come out of this game. Then another walk by Steven Wilson loads the bases, and the fact that Rowdy Telez rips the double, that's not the play. Yes, that tied the game. But now you got Christian Yelich coming up, men on second and third. The argument is, okay, William Contreras hits a lot of ground balls. He's certainly susceptible to a double play. Would you rather face William Contreras or Christian Yelich in that situation? Personally, I, if I'm a scout of the Padres and I've been watching this team the last couple of weeks, I'm surprised they didn't want to face Christian Yelich. They didn't. They intentionally walk him to set up the double play. Now, Contreras ended up popping out, but then a guy that was having very, very uh, a struggle with command – then walks Santana for a run. He gets lifted for Nick Martinez. Then the floodgates opened on an RBI double from Freelich, an RBI single from Canada. So the fact that they just gave a free base runner to the Brewers while the inning was still going, I, I would have just had my luck with Christian Yelich there if I was Bob Melvin. And if he beats you, he beats you because I don't want to face William Contreras or Santana behind him. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that uh, he just played played it by the book and um... – and it burned him. But, you know, I mean, the, the fact matter is that the Padres pitching, I mean, as far as all the walks, I and mean, when's the last time you saw a major league starting pitcher walk four guys in a row? So, I mean, the Padres, the wheels are a little bit coming off, and the Brewers took advantage of it. They certainly did. Uh, a couple of texts here. This one from Mike in Colorado. Like many other Milwaukee fans, this is Brewers teams I've been waiting for all season. Eight-game winning streak, better late than never, and better now heading into September with a four-game lead over the Cubs. Amazing what good classic-style offense can do to help fantastic pitching. Just get the bat on the ball. I love it. Another text coming in saying, not going to lie, I wanted to see Josh Hader pitch. Uh, I didn't because that would have implied that the Brewers were trailing. They did not see him at all this weekend in Milwaukee. They only saw him twice all season in the seven games. Did not see him once in a save situation. Uh, kudos to the Brewers for avoiding that. He is a free agent to be. See what his future holds. But I'm going to look ahead at tomorrow here. This is crazy, the fact that, the Brewers and the Cubs, it's going to be a four-game advantage for the crew. They are guaranteed to be first place at the end of this series, no matter what happens. And if you want to get really greedy, and if it becomes an 11-game winning streak and you sweep the Cubs, 
that means you win the season series. But Craig Council mentioned it a moment ago, Jeff, these games are fun. And when it's late August and you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's always fun playing playoff-like atmospheres before the playoffs. What are some of the memories for you when you're facing a team when you can either when you're either chasing or when you're trying to play spoiler, when things are getting rowdy, and uh, this is going to be maybe the series of the year to date? Yeah, right. I mean, the, the energy in the ballpark, I don't even manage, I wasn't there, but it was a, a weekend series. You're, you're playing a, a team that has a lot of star power on it. Um, you got a four game, or a five-game winning streak already entering. You had a complete, you had a full uh, homestand where you didn't lose a game. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's no day off tomorrow. You don't want a day off tomorrow, right? You want to take the next best shot, which is the Cubs. It's going to be a great, great atmosphere tomorrow night. Uh, they'll be ready. It'll be a great game. I'm, I'm anticipating. I can't wait to watch it and, and how the series goes. And, look, I mean, the Brewers are playing very, very well, and I think that the whole National League is now on notice. The, the Brewers have a chance. And also, what I'm most excited about for this series, and maybe some Brewers fans would disagree with me on this, but I'm glad that the Brewers are seeing the Cubs when they're playing well and they're at that spot in the rotation that they're at, right? Both teams are at the spot in the rotation that they exactly want. Wade Miley versus Jamison Tyone tomorrow. Tuesday, get your popcorn, because this will be Corbin Burns against Justin Steele. And then Wednesday, it'll be Brandon Woodruff against Kyle Hendricks. I don't know about you, Jeff, but... So the Brewers are now 18-8 and uh, eight in the month of August. The Cubs are 18-7 and seven in the month of August. They're still four games clear of each other. They're both playing great baseball. You've got the exact guys you want lined up. This is – it's going to feel like the playoffs, but I want to see their best against your best. That's right. And in a perfect scenario, hopefully the wind is blowing in tomorrow and then it's blowing out the next two days when they got power arms and burns and woodruff going on Tuesday, Wednesday. This is going to be a, a wild ride. And the Brewers have a arrested leverage bullpen, not needing Piops today, not needing Williams today. And then they get an off day on Thursday, so they get to kind of let it rip against the Cubs this week. I also want to say that this week for the Cubs is going to be a really important week for them. And it's a really important week for the whole Central because the Cubs, after they're done with the Brewers, they've got their final four games of the year against the Reds. Meanwhile, the Reds, they're taking on the Giants this week. That's huge for the wild card race before they head on and take on the Chicago Cubs back in Cincinnati. So we're going to learn a lot by this time next week on what the playoff picture could look like. Uh, and also... After the Brewers are done with the Cubs and that off day on Thursday, they got the Phillies. So there's no no rest for the Wicked, man. They are on a stretch of games that every game really matters, but this is what you play for, right, Jeff? This is why you grind through 162 games to have games matter here in August and into September. Oh, there's no doubt, right? And it makes it, makes it easier to look to the light of the tunnel when you're in it, right? I mean, there's everyone's a little bit tired, but it seems like you're a little bit more tired when you're not really playing for, for the pennant or playing for a division. Uh, the Brewers got a ton of energy right now. It's fun to watch. It just jumps through the TV and something to get excited about for sure. This has uh, been fun to talk about with you, and the Brewers get the victory today. They make it eight wins in a row. This has been awesome. Thanks, for, as always, Jeff Cirillo joining us. And I do want to point out the text that you just sent me here as we were talking about Mike Caldwell. Uh, maybe you should paint the picture here. Uh, who's in that top page of war all-time top producers on baseball reference in Brewers franchise history, eh? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Dom. You can speak on it later. <laughs> <laughs> He's just dodging yeah, the bullet there. No. I'm just saying, no, what I was saying is, is that for Caldwell and Slayton, an easy way to do it is just look for baseball reference and type in Milwaukee Brewers, and the, the top 30 players will come up. And you know, and if Slayton and Caldwell are in that in that argument, then then that'll show there. Yeah, that'll show there. Know who else is in that top 30 is a guy sitting there, number seven, all-time batting average champ, someone that I know that's here on the radio, right? Yes, yes, he's on there. But I'm not I'm not an agent, so you, you be my agent, Tom. <laughs> You're not old enough. I'll be, I'll be the campaign manager. We got, we got Andrew handling Mike Caldwell's campaign, and I'll be handling yours. Thanks as always, Jeff. All right, Dom. Have a great rest of the weekend. All right, the Cubbies and the Brewers coming up tomorrow. We're going to have more talk about who's hot coming up next right here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Having some fun now. I'm Dom Catronio, eight in a row. 
about halfway through the program right now. The crew having some fun. Get a couple of texts here. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. This one from the 262. Let's be realistic. It's coming down to the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLCS. Come on. Have some faith, man. That's no big deal. You never know, man. It's the playoffs. I mean, both of those teams got bounced in the DS last year. How can you say that? Both of those teams got bounced in the DS. You just don't know. Get in and crazy stuff can happen. Another text here. Noah Syndergaard just got DFA'd by the Guardians. With Hauser hurting or in general, would you bring him in? Even if it's bullpen, another 100-mile-an-hour guy in the pen. Noah Syndergaard hasn't touched 100 miles an hour in years. Uh, I do not want him. I don't want him anywhere near a Brewers uniform. And by the way, Julio Tehran is on his way back. If you need that emergency break glass, it's probably going to be Julio Tehran. Uh, Would they bring up Bob Gasser, Robert Gasser? I don't think so. Not for one start. Um, It sounds like it's going to be minor. Maybe a one-start miss for Adrian Hauser, and that's where you would just have Tehran. Or you could have, uh, you know, shoot, even like uh, somebody just up for a day kind of thing, or a bullpen day, if you will. Uh, and figure things out from there. But I, I don't see Noah Syndergaard coming here to the Brew Crew anytime soon. Uh, also want to thank Annex Wealth Management for our difference-making moment, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. And forget commission sales pitches on financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Now, I, I mentioned this with Jeff, but I just want to reiterate the fact that the Brewers... Again, they are uh, 18, or pulling up the number here real quick. The, the Brewers in August have been phenomenal. They are now, excuse me, 16 and 7. The Cubs are 16 and 8. And in that time, since August 1st, it's not changed. The Cubs have gained no ground on the Brewers. They entered August with a four game lead. They're meeting here at the end of August, August 28th tomorrow, with a four game lead. And a reminder of how the Game 162 proceedings go. There is no Game 163. The season series matters these days. So the Brewers currently hold the edge just barely with only six more games to go. The Brewers need to find a way to just win this series because then it would only require one win in the final series of the year, those last three games, in order to clinch the season series, which works both ways, right? Because it adds an extra day. Now, if you sweep these guys, if you sweep them somehow, you win the season series at Wrigley, and then you have to essentially add one game to the standings uh, for the deficit. Meaning, if you're heading into that final week of the season and you're up by three games, and with three games to go, it's over. If you're up by four games with four games to play, it's over because they can't be tied. So it helps the magic number out for the Brewers, kind of like what happened last year at the end of the season. Uh, This is all brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And for a limited time, Cider is waiving all $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. This offer is not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours. It's valid through September 15th. The Brewers have an opportunity here. So looking ahead at the schedule right now, you get the Cubs, and we've talked plenty about that. Then you've got the Phillies back here at American Family Field for a three-game weekend series uh, after an off day on Thursday. Then he hit another road trip, and it's going to be wild. You're going to have the Pirates in Pittsburgh for three more games. You're going to have to create your own energy there for a midweek series. Then you get another off day in New York City. You're going to head to New York. You're going to take on the Yankees. Then the Marlins and the Nationals will come in the following week. And then you're in those final two weeks of the season. So you, you get through... The Phillies next weekend, you'll face back-to-back non-playoff teams in the Pirates and the Yankees. The Marlins are on the outside looking in, but they're still a very good baseball team. The Nationals have been a surprise of the second half, and they've already took a series from the Brewers earlier this season. They have been uh, a tough cookie for the Brewers and for anybody in the second half. And then finally, you'll get ready for one last road trip where you get the Cardinals and the Marlins, and then you come back home for the Cardinals again and the Cubs, and boom, the season is over. Five weeks to go. It is going to be over in the blink of an eye. That's what's ahead for the crew. And 
I look at it. I don't really believe the strength of schedule stuff. I don't listen to it. I don't think it matters that much. An opposing team record is not a big deal. But the crew, they have. This is an opportunity, right? Yeah. I I list off that line. The Phillies aren't even in first place, and they're not going to face another first place team the rest of the way. So they're in good shape. They've got an opportunity. To do what they're supposed to. I'm not saying they're going to win every dang game. But you should be willing to be comfortable in saying they should be above 500 in these final five weeks. And if you're above 500, that requires the teams that are chasing you to be even better than that, right? The Brewers, as as they get the, another victory today, you, you look at what's remaining for the crew. It's It's pretty doable in my opinion, right? Am I crazy for thinking this? You know they're at they've got 73 and 57, a season high, 16 games over 500, their longest winning streak since 2021. So you do the math, they've got 32 games to go. In my opinion, you you got 32 go if you go 17 and 15, that gets you 90 wins. You should be in pretty good shape and you should be in the playoffs, let alone winning the division, right? Because the Brewers would only have home field advantage for the first series of the year if they win the division. Then the DS, they would not have home field, and the CS, they would not have home field unless upsets happen. But it's feeling comfortable that they're going to be in the playoffs. They have the third best record in the National League right now. Things are rolling. Things are good. Injuries could certainly derail that. But do you agree? Do you disagree? Am I on to something here? That there is an opportunity coming. No more first-place teams. The Cubs twice. The Phillies. The Marlins twice the Cardinals twice, and the Nationals. And the Pirates and the Yankees. I like the sound of that. I, I really do. That's why you play 162, and it all has to add up at the end of the season. We're going to hear from Craig Council here in just a little bit. Highlights to come a little bit later as well. If you're staying, hanging out with us, come on and call in, 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. Coming back after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back on the program. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers win their eighth in a row. If you're listening on the podcast, tell your friends you're going to want to have all your Brewers action getting ready to go. Look, I know the Packers looked good yesterday. They had fun in the preseason. Whoop-de-doo. There's still two weeks till that season starts. It's baseball season, man. It's baseball season. Don't give up on these Brew Crew now. I know the Packers are exciting. Come on. Stay here. It's still baseball season, okay? You got all of November to worry about football. It's still baseball season. Tell your friends. Brewers All Access is the podcast feed. If you want to make sure you're tuned into the Brewers all season long, a ton of great content that falls in there. I want to take a quick breather and listen to Lane Grindle earlier today with our pick for the player of the game. Bryce Wilson, what an afternoon for him. Four innings of relief, and he earns the victory. Here's Bryce after the contest. Bryce Wilson is joining us just outside the Brewers' clubhouse following today's 10-6 victory. Bryce, this was a clutch performance from you. You don't really realize that you're going to be asked to come in the game in the third inning on a day like today, but that's what happened with the uh, injury to Adrian Hauser, and uh, you answered the call in a big way today. Yeah, um, I think it's... It definitely came as a shock. You know, you hate to see uh, something like that happen. Uh, but it looks like he's going to be all right. Um, you know, we're all hoping for the best. But uh, I just, I've, I've really embraced this long reliever role. And, you know, I wanted to go out there and throw as many innings as I could. It wasn't like one of those situations where you have to come in in the middle of an inning and a guy just got hurt and you have no time to get ready. You were up in the bullpen and getting yourself ready to go in that half inning before, but it probably wasn't totally your typical routine, right? And so how do you get yourself mentally ready to go in such short notice? Being a part of the bullpen, you're kind of used to that, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the the big thing for me this year uh, has been the mental part of it. And uh, just, you know, in situations like that, it's just, you know, you focus on getting loose and getting ready to go into the game. And then once you get into the game, it's all about executing pitches. And uh, for me, um, 
that means throwing a lot of strikes so that I can be efficient and cover as many innings as I can. How big was the double play ball in the third that you got Cooper to roll into? It felt like you just kind of got rolling from there. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I think, you know, I had like 10, I think maybe I threw 10 or 11 pitches in the bullpen, and uh, they told me that, you know, I could have as many as I want to, wanted to, you know, when I got out there just because of the injury. But I threw my, you know, my normal warm-up pitches, and, uh, you know, I kind of I knew it was the third inning, so I didn't really want to waste any more bullets. And, uh, you know, I came out a little – just a little off and that was huge I mean you know you get that double play there first and second uh it keeps the game at you know two runs and uh it's huge well you pick up the win you're 6-0 and now on the year you've just done a great job in middle innings and even in late innings at times when the Brewers have needed some innings from you you've been one of the glue guys in this bullpen and probably haven't gotten enough credit for the job you've done but uh, you deserve it today like you have so many other times this year. We appreciate you giving us some time, Bryce. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that. Thank you, guys. You had Bryce Wilson with us here following today's 10-6 Brewers victory over the Padres. This was a big win for Bryce Wilson, his sixth of the year, eighth in a row for the Brew Crew. But we're not done hearing from the clubhouse. Let's go ahead and hear from the manager, Craig Council, him reacting to this victory and everything that went on in this wacky, crazy seven-run inning for the crew. Yeah, you lose your starter after two innings, um, and you, you know that's a you don't want to do too much damage to your bullpen. Um, and for Bryce to to go out and deliver four innings and then four scoreless innings that give you a chance to win the game, um, that's a great effort. Um, it's a great effort, and it it kind of is symbolic to me of what Bryce has done all year. Um, he did it in a big game today, um, and it resulted in a win. Milner, too, with a huge escape after having a Yeah, a huge escape to the, you know, the heart of their order. Um, so, you know, the escape and then makes him more impressive against who he did it against. Bryce had never gone more than three innings. Was it just out of necessity or yeah, I mean, so after three, I think he was at 38 pitches. Um, and, I, you know, he was throwing the ball well. He felt good. That was the, that was the last hitter he was going to face. Um, uh, it was Sanchez, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, I'd say a little both. Um, that, that next inning, getting, getting outs in that next inning really helped us and helps us moving forward. I think you've scored at least five runs every game this streak. Obviously, you have a couple guys who are really hot, but how much is it just kind of the lengthening of the lineup with the people you've added in the last month or so? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, in, in all, you know, and today was another day of, um, you know, the, the beginning. Um, there wasn't a home run involved in it. It was just, it was walks. I think, you know, I think today against, you know, Walker, we knew we were going to, I think we knew we were going to be able to draw some walks. It was we were waiting for that big hit, um, and Rowdy delivered the big one, um, and then Sal delivered a big one. Um, so, um, you know, we that was a nice job, just being patient, um, taking it, moving the line, um, letting the next guy do his job, and we did a good job of it. Anything else on Hauser that you know? Right now? Um, yeah, it's it's so it's just some right elbow, like a few a swelling essentially. It's not in the, um, you know, the the ligament, the UCL area. Um, so from that perspective, less concerning. Um, but he but he did have elbow stiffness, and that's for a pitcher. You know that we got you got to take you out of the game when when that's going on. So um, you know, I think. Tomorrow's a big day for him. See how he feels coming in tomorrow. But um, I, I think we're we're, def, we're at the risk of certainly missing a start. What about Carlos Santana? His illness could stand the game. But. Yeah, I mean, it's a sprained ankle. Um, so you, you could kind of tell it got a little more sore as the game went on. Um, it's just a matter of how much how much more sore it gets tomorrow. Um, he, I can t tell you, he's going to want to play. Tell you that for sure. Um, but uh, and, I, and I think he moved around all right today. Obviously, some there's going to be some movements. You know, the the long sprints, the turning the bases that are going to give him some trouble. That was some gamer type stuff from uh, Carlos Santana today. Looked like I thought he was out of the game for sure after watching the replay of the rolled ankle, and he hung in there, and he even got a few more at bats and. 
Luckily, he never really had to turn on the Jets for the rest of the game. He even made that great leaping catch with the bum ankle and all. So, great stuff from him, leader stuff. I mean, he's brought that dance that they do now after the games, after the wins, you know, that big kind of merry-go-round, if you will. That's been a, a lot of fun to see form for the Brew Crew. Uh, two teams that are having there – are, there are two teams having more fun than anybody in baseball right now. It is the Milwaukee Brewers – and the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, they're now in first place in sole possession in the AL West right now. They've been on fire. They're nine of they've won nine of their last ten. The Rangers are in free fall. The Brewers helped do that. Uh, the Astros, they beat up the Tigers today, but they're still in second place right now in the West. So a lot of fun happening uh, for the teams that are doing a little dance around the bases and uh, having some fun with it. Hey, let's relive it up next, huh? How about some highlights? That's up next on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Brewers looking for the sweep over the Padres. And they were actually punching the mouth early in this one. A run on the board in the top of the first against Adrian Hauser. But the Brewers found a way to respond quickly against Michael Walker, the Padres starter. It's the man that we call Wild Bill. Two pitch. High drive. We are tied. My goodness, is that ball hammered. Wow, that got out in a hurry. Just like that, even. Jeff Levering's call, a deep shot to left field. 450 feet for William Contreras. It was his 14th homer of the season. However, the Padres would respond with two homers in the third in the second inning to make it a three-run lead, four to one. The Brewers finally got a chance to get after Michael Walker in the third the second time through. Three consecutive walks loaded the bases for Sal Freelich. 3-2 pitch, and way outside, Freelich will work the bases loaded walk. It's a 4-2 ball game. Four straight walks for Michael Walker here in the third. Nobody up for the Padres in the bullpen, but that may change soon. However, that would be the only run the Brewers would score in that inning because of an interference call on a double play, put the runners back in play, and the Brewers would pop out. So... A 4-2 game for the middle portions of this inning. Adrian Hauser would have to leave the game after two frames due to forearm and elbow tightness. But Bryce Wilson was phenomenal. He allowed a single in the third, but that was it really for him. Only allowed one more hit over four shutout innings. He also struck out four batters and kept the Brewers in it and kept them in it long enough until the big sixth inning when things started to explode. The Brewers, with one out, got a rally started with Mark Canna single, Bryce Tarango walk. Andrew Monasterio had a walk. The bases were loaded. With only one out, Craig Council went to the bench for the big man, Rowdy Telez. Wilson at the belt, the pitch. Swing and a drive down the right field line. It is off the wall. One run in. Here comes Terang. We're tied 4-4. Jeff Levering's call. So all square, but they were far from done. So it was second and third and one out. Bob Melvin opts to intentionally walk Christian Yelich to load the bases with one out for Contreras. He would pop out, though, so with two outs, it was all up to Carlos Santana. He would draw a bases-loaded walk as well, get the RBI the easy way at that point. That gave the Brewers a 5-4 lead. Then the Padres reliever, Steven Wilson, was released from the game. It brought in Nick Martinez and Sal Freelich wasted no time with his greeting. The pitch. Line drive left field. Down and into the corner. A chance to score all three. Two for sure. Santana scores. Freelix into second with a double. And the Brewers with another huge inning in the sixth. It's a five spot. Oh, they weren't done yet. How about this? Two batters later, another walk to Willie Adamas, and it was Mark Canna at the plate. 3-2 coming. Line drive, shallow left, base hit. Two-run score, streaking for third Adamas. Put another quarter in the merry-go-round. A seven-run sixth inning for the Brewers. Canna's two for two in the inning. That was awesome stuff, Jeff Levering on the call. Third seven-run inning of the season for the crew. Now, as fun as that was, it was not fun to watch Abner Uribe struggle with command. He hit a batter, had three walks, a pair of wild pitches to produce two runs, but Hobie Miller managed to escape the seventh inning with men on the corners and nobody out without any further damage, leaving two inherited runners stranded. And just for good measure, how about William Contreras adding some insurance? A one pitch. 
High fly ball, deep left center field. Back goes Soto at the track. It's off the top of the wall. Monasterio will score. Contreras slides headfirst into second with an RBI double. That is a big insurance run for the Brewers. It's 10 to 6 crew. So then the Brewers would hand the ball to Trevor McGill for the final two frames. He was lining up the radar gun, and he had one last task. Xander Bogarts to finish the sweep. One and two. Everybody ready. Here's the pitch. Struck him out swinging. It's a snowman for the Brew Crew. Eight straight wins and a 10-6 victory over the Padres this afternoon at American Family Field. Jeff Levering and Lane Grindle on the call all weekend long. Don't worry. We, uh, Bob, resting at home. Expect to have him back next weekend against the Phillies. Appreciate all the well wishes for Bob Euchre. But the Brewers win eight in a row. We'll wrap up the program after this before the Cubbies coming up down at Wrigley on WTMJ. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Want to thank one of our sponsors, Hupe and Abraham, for every double play the Brewers turn this season. Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you're injured or in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham, H-U-P-Y dot com. Quick update on the out-of-town scoreboard here. A reminder, the Cubs already won today, so it's still a four-game lead there. But the Diamondbacks, they do finish the Reds. They take three out of four from Cincinnati. However, the Reds, by winning just one of those games, they claim the season series on the Diamondbacks, meaning if those two teams are tied for a wild-card spot at the end of the year, it would go to the Reds. So as things stand right now, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, the Brewers would match up with the Arizona Diamondbacks in a wild-card series here at American Family Field for three games. The Cubs would be heading to Philadelphia in the wild-card series as well. That wild-card matchup would be tagged with the Atlanta Braves as the number one seed, and then the Brewers and Diamondbacks winner would match up with the Dodgers as the two seed. And uh, the teams on the outside looking in right now, Cincinnati is a game and a half back of Arizona. San Francisco is two games back of the last wild card spot, and then Miami is three games back. And like I predicted on Brewers Weekly on Thursday, the Brewers have all but virtually eliminated the San Diego Padres uh, from wildcard contention. They are eight games back with just uh, 31 games to go for them. They're out of it. They're done. So we can stop talking about them. The Brewers and the Cubs this week, man, buckle up. I can't wait to be there for all three games. I've got you covered for Brewers extra innings after every single contest. I will be live from Wrigley Field for those as well. The uh, coverage will begin at 6 o'clock tomorrow and on Tuesday. Brewers warm-up Greg Matzik will have you covered for that. I've got you post-game Monday and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, coverage will begin at 12.45 for a 1.20 first pitch. No post-game. It'll go straight into Wisconsin's afternoon news. So 7.05 Monday, 7.05 Tuesday, and 1.20 on Wednesday. And then an off day on Thursday. And I'll have you covered on Thursday Reacting to it all with Brewers Weekly. And uh, we've got a few Thursday off days coming up here down the stretch this Thursday, next Thursday as well. Uh, And then the only other off day that will remain for the Brew Crew will be Monday the 25th. So they're going to hit a really big stretch of games starting with the Yankee series, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. Uh, We're looking at it. They're going to play in... 15, excuse me, uh, 19 straight games before the final six games of the season. So buckle up. It's going to be over in the blink of an eye. There are four games clear and the biggest series to date coming up with the Cubs tomorrow. Holler at you guys from Wrigley. Thanks for everybody who's tuned in, who's listened, who's texted in. And uh, tell your friends we're with you after every Brewers game except for weekday day games. Otherwise, we've got you covered down the stretch. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us and for Evan Wittalis and our producer. I'm Dom Catronio. Eight is great. The Brewers will make it nine tomorrow against the Cubs. Keep on swinging.